welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Excited to get into today's video. Your voicemails as always. We want to talk a little Denzel Mims at the top. And before we get into all of that, got to talk about the sponsor, Manscaped. The Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what? You know what's not in? <laughs> Wild and Harry Bush. No one needs that. Tame your pubes with the help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like loyalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold, fellas? Do right and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with promo code JETS20, J-E-T-S-20, for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself something nice. So, now that we got the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into today's video, Denzel Mims. So, why I wanted to start with Denzel Mims is on Twitter, on social media, in the comment section, just all over, there seems to be two camps. It's either Denzel Mims isn't going to be good and that they've forgotten about him and Denzel Mims still has a chance to be very good. And I really don't understand the take on this side that Denzel Mims isn't going to be good, whether it's not that he's a good, whether he's not a good system fit or that they drafted Elijah Moore and people have forgotten about Mims, which I get it. I'm excited about Elijah Moore too. I'm excited about bringing in Corey Davis, but let's, can we not sleep on Denzel Mims? The numbers last year were good in an awful situation. So he had 357 yards last year. He played in nine games. So if you pace that out over 16 games, that's 634 yards on a 2-14 and 14 team, on the worst offense in the league, on all that thing. All that stuff is true. 634 yards, which isn't phenomenal, but is pretty good for a first-year receiver, especially when you consider that most of the time these receivers start a little bit slow, especially you know taking the second round and stuff like that, and then take a little bit of a, a leap. Over the last three weeks of the year, though, he only had 33 yards. And realistically, when Sam Darnold was in and, what, they played together for, you know, a, a chunk, I'm going to say, what, six of those nine games he, he played with Sam? They didn't necessarily get on the same page very often. But if you want to look at what he did earlier from week seven through week 12, so those six games, the, the first six games for the last three, he had 324 yards, which is 17 yards per reception too, by the way. And pacing that out over a 16-game season, that's an 864-yard pace. So he, he started very, very hot, went ice cold down the stretch. The Jets' offense was done at that point, but people are giving up on him because of a few padless practices. Couldn't be me. Absolutely could not be me. I don't get this one at all. I truly anticipate him to be in that 750-plus yard range for the New York Jets this year. I think he's going to be a solid number two option in this offense on the outside. And that's the thing. Like It's hard for me to predict receiver numbers for this team because they have 
five guys who can you know be be trustworthy in an offense. Mims on the outside, Davis on the outside, Crowder and Moore in the slot, and don't sleep on Keelan Cole either. So it's hard for me to say if he doesn't hit number X, whatever that number is, that it's going to be a failure of a season for him. I don't see how you could possibly do that with the amount of targets that are going to be spread around through this offense. But I really don't see how you could see what he did in a putrid, putrid offense last year and the skill set that he displayed, the contested catches, uh, you know, going up and getting the jump balls and underrated speed as well. I love Mims. I was super excited about this pick when they made it in 2020. I I had a first round grade on him. I thought he was someone who's going to go in the 20s. He ended up being there for the Jets at 48. Then he, they trade back and they're still able to get him. This is a really, really solid player. And, and please, I, I understand everyone's excited about Elijah Moore, myself included. And this isn't me like saying, oh, you shouldn't be about excited about Elijah Moore. Instead, you should be excited about Denzel Mims. No, no, you should be equally excited about both. Mims can be a very, very good player. And I know he was banged up in his first year, but I can't wait to see him on the field with a quarterback who can push the ball down the field, which like, if you look at Zach Wilson and what he does well, moving the ball down the field, letting his receivers go up and get it, who better than Davis and Mims for that? It's, it's a really good fit in this offense. So I don't buy that Mims has fallen out of favor. He's too good of a blocker even, and we know how big of a deal that's going to be in this offense. I am super excited to see him and to get to work with this quarterback, and I don't buy that he's the number five receiver on this team. I just I don't. He's, he's way too talented to be that far down on the depth chart, and if you're someone who's soured on Mims, well, I, I think he's going to prove you wrong in 2021. I really do, and I'm excited for that. So without further ado, just wanted to get my quick take on Mims out there. Saw it going around on the timeline a little bit. We are going to get into the voicemails now, starting with Jack from Florida. Hey, Matt. This is uh, Jack from Florida, and I love your show. Thank you. Awesome show. Um, I'm just watching your last, uh, I believe it's your last uh, airing, and uh, you're talking about Marcus May and a contract. <clears throat> and uh, I can't imagine that uh, that you're going to sign Marcus May. I know you were talking about possibly 13 or $14 million a year. On the high That's end. a big hell no. I mean, he's going to be 29. we got a lot of young players on our team. We ain't making the playoffs like any time, probably this year, possibly next year. And the Jets could get – I mean, they got him franchise tag for this year for $10 million. I don't know exactly what the franchise tag next year would be for him if you don't trade him before the deadline if the Jets aren't doing anything this year. But, I mean, I could see, yeah, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. If he was 25, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But I don't know. I I wouldn't go any more than a three-year deal for, say, 30 to 33 million for the three years. And that's like with. 20 million guaranteed for say like the next two years i wouldn't go any more than that because he's 29 and i don't think the jets love the jets hopefully i'm wrong but i don't think they're going to make the super bowl this year and probably next year and i think they're looking to go younger you got astronomical amount of picks for uh there's the the next uh next year also so go jets uh, that was funny at the end. Um, 
I think really that we're only off by a couple of million, Jack. And to me, I wouldn't have as hard of a line in the sand. Uh, the thing that I don't get is when you have people saying, oh, I'd give him 11 million. But if you say 13, it's like, no, whoa, whoa, two more million dollars against the cap. Absolutely not. Uh, I, I would maybe understand if you're talking in like the $15 million range. OK, that's a little bit of a different story. Um, I believe it's 120 percent of the franchise tag from the year prior or of the salary from the year prior. So I think it's either that would be, I guess, t- t- roughly $12 million to franchise tag him again. Um, and the thing is, which I Jack kind of said with how you're structuring the contract with the guaranteed in today's NFL, you can get out of contracts within two years, most of the time. Um, so if it does go bad, which I don't think it is. And I know you shouldn't be going into it with the mindset of, Oh, if this goes wrong, we can get out of it. But smart GMs think of those things. Then you get out of it when Marcus May is 30, right? After two years. And then he hits the market that way. I I don't know. I just, the way that I was coming from this was I, I thought that he's been a good leader through all of this. I think he's an important vocal part of this defense, the captain of the team, team MVP last year. Uh, I, I I think it would make sense if it's not like the Jamal Adams situation where most Jets fans were like, OK, 15, 16 million. And then, you know, that that makes sense. Reset the safety market in that terms. OK. And he was coming in at 20, which is a five, four or five million dollar difference where this is like a two million dollar difference, maybe. And could you negotiate it to 12 million dollars? I think, yeah, probably. And that's I would say fair value for him, but I don't understand the hard line in the sand of I'm not going more than $12 million because of his age. And I get it. 29 is not ideal for, uh, you know, a person, in the secondary, but I would bet that safeties tend to age better than corners. So uh, I don't know. I think he deserves the payday. That's just me. John from Staten Island is up next. And thank you, Jack, for checking in with us. He wants to talk about the draft class from 2021. Hey, Matt. John from Staten Island calling. What up? Um, got to see Joe Heyman play in Chase Stadium. Awesome. So I've been there. Um, I'd like to talk to you about uh, what I call the Jetsons, which is the four draft picks that the Jets had initially. Okay. Uh, Zach and the offensive lineman and Carter and Isaiah Moore. Now, I know you were talking about Isaiah Moore. Um. By committee, I believe they really have to feed these guys. They're young, they're dynamic, and I believe they are the future of the Jets. Um, as far as Carter, I think he's perfectly fit. He's a small guy, really fast, powerful, behind Beckton, and the I can't wait for that. Here. And when he comes out of the backfield, he's just going to explode. So I'm really, really believe they should lean on these guys uh, at first. And not really, not not tiptoe around them. Really feed these guys. Okay. And let everything else develop around them. Um, let me know what you think. Go Jets of the show. Good luck. We're going to do it. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in, John. I am a big fan of this draft class as well, especially the first four picks on offense. Zach Wilson, I mean, second overall quarterback. There's reasons to be excited about him. Elijah Vera Tucker. Great, great, great prospect. Has the potential to be a pro bowler from day one type of a prospect. 
Uh, then you have Elijah Moore. We talked about how excited I am Mims. I mean, the, the Jets haven't had a speedster playmaker like this in a long time. And Michael Carter is someone who I thought was going to go in the, the late second, early third round. He was sitting there at 107 for the Jets, and they pulled the trigger on him. I, I think he's going to be a really good fit in this offense. I think with the running back room and the wide receiver room, how it's set up right now, I don't think it's going to be any like one guy being like the main target either in the running game or in the passing game. So I think, you know, they'll get their reps. I'm not worried about them, you know, not getting enough reps. I see what you're saying, you know, build through those young guys. I I, I get it. It's just for me, I think it's going to be a collaborative effort. They're going to be mixing the ball around. They're going to be running through those top three running backs and in Coleman, uh, Carter and Ty Johnson. And with those five wide receivers that they have, I think they'll be spreading it around, but make no mistake about it. Those top four picks that you just listed off, they're all going to be playing pretty big roles for this Jets team, which is awesome. Love to see that. Ben in New Jersey's up next. He wants to talk about May as well. Let's hear from Ben. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. Yo. I'm calling on a Tuesday, and as I am recording this, it looks like the Jets are not re-signing Marcus May before the deadline. And apparently they offered him $8.5 million a year, which... I mean, I understand. I understand why May declined that. That's, that's it's a low. pretty disrespectful offer, in my opinion, for a guy who was a top five safety and the guy who's been with this crappy team for the past <laughs> four years. I think he deserves a nine, eleven, twelve mil. But I think May was asking like fourteen, fifteen, like the Buda Baker range. But I mean, if ju- I mean this, how old is May? Twenty eight. 29 years old. I understand why, the, why Joe Douglas didn't want to offer him a huge contract. Buda Baker is, are like, is three years younger than Marcus May, and they're in the same draft class. And while I don't agree that he shouldn't be paid 14, 15 mil, I do think that they should have offered him at least 11 million. Just since he's, he was a captain last year, he was great for us last season. He's been with us through thick and thin. He's a fan favorite. He stepped up when Jamal Adams was traded and took over that Fox 8 role and played pretty well in there, I'd say. It's just a, it's just a, pretty concerning. That's all I'm going to say. Like like I heard on the show last week, it's, it's hard to keep, like, it seems like it's, I hope it's not hard to keep our own players. Like, I mean, Robbie was one. I, I don't want May to be another. I mean, I think Beckton and guys like Beckton and Quinn will be fine, but it's kind, it kind of sucks that we could lose our team captain and our arguably yeah. best defensive player from last season. Agree. And plus, he may just unfollow the Jets on Instagram. I don't know if that really means anything, but mm. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just May's agent, Eric Bernhardt, um, Burning, like putting this thing way out of proportion, but if that's what the if 8.5 is what the Jets offered him, I completely agree with May to shoot that offer down. Yeah, you have to from his side. That's my thoughts on Marcus May. I, I just hope we keep him. Then we have, I mean, unless Sherwood or Nathalie wants to step and play a strong safety, which they definitely could. Yeah. I don't just feel that confident about like or as confident about our defense anymore if May isn't with us. That's just my thoughts. Let me know what you think. And as always, go Jets. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100%. I, I'm with you, Ben. I think you bring up a lot of good points in this call, too. Uh, but confidence level, especially in that secondary, would go down. Like, May is a really reliable defender and in coverage, too. And when you look at I mean, Joyner should be good in the in moving back to safety. But how many other question marks are there? Ashton Davis is a huge question mark. I, I like him. I think he could be an okay starter, but big time question mark. The, the Every single corner is a question mark. I mean, I love Bryce Hall. I thought it was an absolute steal where they got him. And I think he is going to be a good corner. But how many games does he have under his belt? You know, in the NFL, not not a lot. Bless on the other side, that, that, that would be a question. Or undrafted free agent Isaiah Dunn or one of the fifth or sixth rounders that they picked up in the NFL draft this year, Javelin Guidry maybe in the slot, Michael Carter the second in the slot. Like, <laughs> there's really a lot that goes into this, and there's a lot of very much so things that are up in the air with this secondary. That's why I would like something, that a reliable piece, and you can, okay, you're paying him $12, $13 million, whatever it is, and is that a lot? Yeah, but he's a top, Seven safety. I don't know if top five is fair, but I, I I think he's probably in the back half of that five to ten range for me. Maybe it's around the seventh best safety in football. And if you paid him like that, I don't have an issue with it. Again, if it's a three year deal, you can get out of that after two if need be. And it is what it is. But I, I don't anticipate him falling off a cliff in the next two seasons. I I think. He's absolutely someone who deserves a second contract from this team, but we'll see if the Jets do that. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Jeremy in Sacramento's up next, staying on theme here with Marcus May. A big storyline from this past week. Let's hear from Jeremy. Hey, O'Leary. How you doing? It's Jeremy from Sacramento. You good? Yes. All right. You stretching before you work out, man? I don't want to pull muscle or anything. <laughs> Always. Good. That's important. Um, hey, so – this whole thing with Marcus May, we're going to have two scenarios now by the time you um, hear this message. Um, he's either going to be signed, and in that case, what do you think of the signing? Um, and if he's not signed, um, then I'll just wait wait a few seconds. Okay, if you're still hear, hearing me, that means that we didn't sign Marcus May. Yes. Um, if we didn't sign him, um, I don't think it's a big deal, and I'm going to tell you why. If we didn't sign him, it means we have about $12 million more of cap space than we would not have had. As a matter of fact, it gives us a little flexibility. We could use that around $12 million to go for a different safety if there's one available. Or we could target a different position because Joe Douglas recognizes that there might be a lot of talent in the draft that can fill that position. So we actually have some flexibility because there might be um, a position that is not as prevalent in the draft that we want to use that money on. and um, Or, you know, I mean, it could go either way. But the point is, we get flexibility. That's true. And again, like I said before, if we if we did sign him, then, or if we do sign him, even if he doesn't sign this year, and we end up getting him in free agency, that's great, too. He's a great player, and I like him. But um, either way, this is not going to make or break the direction of this franchise. So I'm not freaking out about it. Um, how do you feel about it? I like how you ended that phone call. And while I'm someone who thinks that May deserves to be paid, and I think that that offer was disrespectful, I think he was lowballed. I don't think this is like, oh my God, if they don't re-sign him, like burn it, burn the franchise to the ground, kind of thing. It, it, it's not. They 
traded away Jamal Adams. They traded away Sam Darnold. They traded away Leonard Williams. Like these guys who you thought were going to be building block pieces. And, you know, they're, they're trending in the right direction. And, and, and I get it. Safety's not a premium position. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit because, uh, you know, I, I am someone who wants to keep Marcus May. But Jeremy's right with how he ends it. If, if they decide to go another direction, sure, you can fill that role for cheaper. It's just, is it going to be as effective? I don't know. And again, I'm not like, I'm not saying give the guy a five-year contract at $15 million a year. No, or a four-year deal. No, I don't know. I mean, a realistic ballpark here, three years, 12, $13 million. All right. I think that would be fair for both sides, but Again, doesn't look like it's going to happen. If I had to bet, I bet they let him play out the franchise tag this year, and they very well might franchise tag him again and then let him walk from there. Uh, we'll see. I believe next caller's name is Dallas. I think so. It was kind of hard to hear. If not, apologies, my friend. Let's hear from him. Yo, what's going on, Matt? It's Dallas Lowe from Emma Rio Tejas, Texas. And I was just wanting to know, big question, because free agency for the past, I don't even know how many years, has been crazy with the edge rushers, and next year's class is going to be absolutely insane, full of edge rushers. You have Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Dante Fowler, Whitley Merciless. You have a couple of pretty premium outside linebacker or, I guess, edge rushers that could honestly get to the passer, and I just want to know what your take on that, and thank you. Go Jets. I agree that there are a lot of really good pass rushers like you just listed off hitting the market, but I don't anticipate the Jets being in on that because they paid one this year in Carl Lawson, uh, and I don't think they're going to pay another one in that $15-plus a year range. Uh, I think they will use one of their four picks in the first two rounds on an edge rusher. I think that's f a, a fair guess. Um, and I'm always about more edge presence and speed and getting after the quarterback. I, I, I agree with that, with the logic there. And with this defense, you know, Robert Sala loves getting after the quarterback and getting pressure on the quarterback. But I don't think they're going to spend big money at that position after spending on Carl Lawson this past year. That's just me personally. Some of those guys you listed are more of a 3-4 outside linebacker also. Uh, there are 4-3 fits in there. But again, I would just... I would think that the Jets are going to spend their early picks on corner edge and maybe on the offensive line uh, would be my way too early prediction. But I, I get where you're coming from for sure. The edge class looks like it's going to be very good again in free agency. Uh, after that, we have James in New Jersey, and he wants to get into Douglas and Marcus May. Matty, yo, what's up, man? It's your boy James from New Jersey. How's everything? Good. Um, still lost that checked in. I uh, I, reached, I sent you a voice a couple weeks back, uh, but you didn't get it on the one episode. No, no big deal. Anyway, first order of business, hopefully you get this one. I want to say a uh, shout-out to you for making the Jake Asney show. Uh, oh, thank you. Back. I, I, I listened to that podcast. He's a good dude. I was only about uh, the Islanders and a little bit of Jets, even though I'm not an Islanders fan. I'm a hopeless Devils fan, but that's another search of my day. But shout-out to you on that one because I've been following Jake Asney. Uh, next order of business. Um, uh, it's been a while. I've just been trying to take vacation. I do have a question for you. I just saw your content about uh, the low ball on Marcus May. And okay. I am all for you about the fact that Marcus May is getting a low ball and that, you know, he, you know he should, he's been a soldier and he deserves to get paid. And it's not like an offer like Jamal Adams. 
But uh, let me actually this, and I know Joe Douglas, you know, it might be a question about Joe Douglas not being uh, part of May, but let me ask you this. Do you think Joe Douglas is just trying to really finish up and wash out the remnants, the remnants mm. of all the Mike McCagnan, uh choices and decisions that was made for the past four to five years of the McCagnan regime? Do you think that that's what uh, Joe Douglas is trying to do? Because, you know, it's not a position. But at the same time, I'm trying to, trying to around uh, all the, all the, uh, it kind of cuts out a little bit, but I think the the point is remaining the same. Um, I, I very I I very much so think it, it's a possibility, and that tends to happen a lot in the NFL, right? Like new coaches come in, new general managers come in, and they want their guy. That's part of the reason why they went with Zach Wilson over Sam Darnold. And I get it. And there were people who liked Sam Darnold in that building and wanted to keep Sam. Uh, and, and there were a lot of fans who felt that way too. Uh, but even like. I don't know. I feel like there's surprise cuts and and players fall out of favor all the all the time, really. And depending on you know for the coach's philosophy, uh, for instance, like Jonathan Vilma, great Jet, didn't really fit into what Eric Mangini was trying to do. Um, uh, Kerry Rhodes, another example, good safety. Jets decide to go another direction after one year under Rex Ryan. Um, Sometimes that stuff happens, and they, they, they kind of want to bring in their own guys. So that absolutely could be a theory in this, James. I, I don't think you're off base at all. I think that makes sense. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that instance. Again, I, I bring it back to, to Robbie. I, I think if they decide to let May walk after this year, I'd feel the same way as I did with that situation. Those are the really the two things that stand out to me right now, where it's like, ah, I didn't really like that from Joe Douglas. And that doesn't mean that I dislike Joe Douglas. Like I, I talked about this last week or even in one of my other videos. I don't remember which one it was, but there's a world where you could say, hey, I really like what this person is doing. And Joe Douglas, I really like what Joe Douglas is doing. I think he's doing a good job. But at the same time, I'm going to critique him in a couple of areas because it's very rare that you line up with someone. 100% of the time. And I, I don't think you should. Like, if you're really thinking for yourself and if you're really, you know, taking the information and making your decisions, it's not going to line up 100%, which is fine. There's room for healthy debate in all of this. Um, so really, that was that's my main takeaway on that. Travis is calling in next. He wants to get into the offensive line and the defensive line. Let's hear from our man, Travis. Hey, man. Yo. Travis from Ohio. <laughs> What's up? Hey, buddy. Um, just watched your uh, surprising cuts clip. Thank you. On Just Jets. And um, I know you ca the caller called in last week about it, and that was a really good call and take. It was. You guys. Thank you. Um, got me thinking about what do you think? Who, who on our deep offensive line and defensive line is going to make the team? Because we're going to have to save spots at linebacker and corner and wide receiver. And offensive line, really deep and pretty good, I think. And um, uh, defensive line is really deep also. And there's some talent there that I'd like to keep around too. I'm kind of – those are the kind of big question marks I have on – 
who's going to make the roster, and I don't think we're going to be able to stash a whole lot of those guys on the practice squad. So just wanted to know your take and always value your opinion. Thank you. Your Jets. Bye. Travis, good question. Love it. Um, so last year, for context, they carried eight offensive linemen and 10 defensive linemen on the 53-man roster, at least to start the year. I have it at nine and nine for both. Again, it can vary, but I'm going to go on the O-line. Becton, AVT, McGovern, Van Roten, Moses, Fant, Feeney, Murray, McDermott for nine. So that means cut Lewis, Levin, Adoga, and Tristan Hodge or Hogue, however you say the last name. D-line. I'm going Lawson, Curry, Quinnen, Rankins, JFM, Fadukasi, Phillips, Blair, and Huff with Nathan Shepard cut and Marshall to the practice squad. And I don't think there's really anyone else of note on the D-line. Um, so that's 18 flyers. It's a lot for those two positions, but Jets have some depth at both of those. It, it was tough to go through and make the decisions, but you guys let me know in the comments too or on social media or wherever you're listening. Um, what you would do at both of those positions, but that—that's just my guess because you're right. You're not going to be able to carry, you know, what 14 offensive linemen or 11 defensive linemen, you know, whatever the number is going to be. So, I think you're looking at probably nine plus or minus one or two for both of those. George in Rhode Island is up next. We're getting into Douglas and May. So Matt, George from Rhode Island. So this whole Marcus May, uh, you know, extension getting done is just not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, I was just kind of wondering, and I'm a big Joe Douglas fan, do you think he prioritized the defensive backs as much as, I guess, maybe the linebackers or defensive linemen? I don't know. I mean, I know he, he did grab a couple of corners in day three of the draft, but not didn't really answer anybody in the free agency. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering, maybe he's not that high on defensive backs unless, you know, he's just waiting for the right candidate. Who knows? All right, buddy. Let me know. Thank you. Um, good question. I think that's a, a fair take in just getting the information out of what we're seeing. I think philosophy-wise, Robert Sala is more about getting after the quarterback and can get by with lesser talent in the secondary. So maybe that's like their combined strategy. I think that I think you might be onto something here, George, just because you're right. There's a lot of unknowns in that secondary. And if May is gone too, that's just another unknown. But maybe they say, hey, we can go a little bit cheaper there and spend on the pass rush and on coverage linebackers and be okay. I don't know. We'll see. But that seems to be their plan for now. Greg in New York wants to get into Wilson. Greg, let's hear from you, my man. Yo, Matt, it's Greg from Wallkill, New York. What's going on, buddy? Um, so, question is, um, what's your expectations for Zach Wilson being rookie MVP of this 2021 season? Um, calling in to ask because it's funny because I watch a lot of Colin Coward, and uh, I, res- I respect the guy, you know, pretty intelligent, He's been right, I would say, 50% of the time because, I mean, if we're going back two, three years, he praised Sam Darnold, and regardless yes. of his situation, he thought he was the best prospect of all time. 
<laughs> and I'm watching Colin Coward, uh, was it last week? And, um, he said out of all the five quarterbacks, his biggest questions are around Zach Wilson. And he had him fifth quarterback, doesn't believe in the kid, had them, he did his, like, uh, his rank of, like, the AFC East of their schedule and, like, you know, what's their, uh, win, lose percentage. He had the Jets going five and 12, you know, bottom four, which is because, you know, we're the Jets and we don't get any respect from anyone. But as fellow Jets fans, if you, you know, dissect what we have been doing, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think, I think he's wrong. Um, did you see that take on what Colin Coward said? It kind of got under my skin, but as your buddy Jake Asman, I watched him and he actually fired back and said, you know, not for nothing. If you all saw what Colin Coward said about Zach Wilson, I think he's, you know, he's he's completely wrong. He's comparing him to, to Johnny Manziel. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Johnny Manziel just loved to drink and party. Like, Zach came from BYU. He, I mean, the guy's just, he's just now legally able to drink. So, I don't know. What's your take on that? Do you think Colin, Colin is wrong? Yes. Um, do you think Zach can win rookie of the, you know, rookie MVP of the year? Let me know, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm... I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a it's a bad comparison, and I I went into depth on it in the the video yesterday, so I'm not going to go into the whole rant again. But just, it's a lazy comparison, and it, it it's stupid. It it really is. I I don't see it at all. Uh, now could Zach Wilson win Rookie of the Year? I would have to imagine that Lawrence and Wilson would have to be the favorites, right? It's more more often than not, it's a quarterback. So. I mean, think about the quarterbacks who are going to play right away. It's those two. You would imagine that maybe Mac Jones starts, but it could be Cam Newton. And then uh, San Francisco, I think Trey Lance would have a great opportunity to do it if he starts right away, but they might start Jimmy G. So maybe you're only getting like half a season from Trey Lance. And then Justin Fields, they seem dead set in Chicago in starting Andy Dalton. So to me, the front runners are Lawrence and Wilson. So I, I think it's possible. Would I bet on it? I would say probably not. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I'll bet on anything if the odds are good. Um, but Or if I like the odds, I guess I should say. But he absolutely has a chance for Rookie of the Year. It's not a crazy statement because, one, it's usually a quarterback. And when you look at the, the five main quarterbacks who went in the first round, only two of them are guaranteed to be starting right away. The other three, there's question marks whether they're going to be starting or not right away because they have a veteran on the roster who they seem to want to start instead. So we'll see. Uh, it, it very well could be Lance. It very would. I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones, but it very well could be Fields too. I just don't know because you don't know if they're going to start right away. That's the thing. So Lawrence or Wilson seems to be the, the best bet in that in that ballpark. Ewell in California is up next. Let's hear him. Hey, Matt, this is Ewell from Santa Monica, uh, born and bred, went to BYU. So uh, Zach is uh, definitely uh, somebody that I've always followed, and uh, as is uh, any quarterback who's gone to BYU, and there have been a ton of them, uh, even uh, several of them who have been very successful in the NFL, as you know. Um, just a note, I enjoy – a couple of notes. I enjoy your – uh, presentations on YouTube. Thank you. And uh, I would just uh, ask you to enunciate a little more clearly and okay, maybe use graphics if you can, if it's not too much of a 
of a hassle. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know anything about those things. So I, I uh, know about presentations, uh, live presentations, but I don't know diddly about um, presentations on YouTube and electronic media. Anyway, enjoy everything uh, and uh, keep it coming. Um, looking for good things from the Jets this year. All right. Bye. Me too. I'm excited about this Jets season. I think it could absolutely be a stepping stone in the right direction. Uh, we will talk about the other things. So in ter- I can definitely enunciate better. I am going to blame it on my Long Island accent as part of it. Uh, but you're right. I, I probably could enunciate and be a little bit more clear. Um, and as far as it goes with the graphics, I try to use graphics when applicable it it depends on the situation too because there are instances where if i want to get a video up a little bit on the quicker side if i'm reacting to something that's a little more topical i would rather have a video that's maybe a little bit more bare bones that doesn't take me as long to edit so that it can get up faster and be in the algorithm when people are searching for it which you know, depending on the topic so that that might be an instance where there might not be as many graphics in that one. I am personally not the best in graphic design. Uh, I use Photoshop. It's okay. And and like I said, sometimes I use graphics. Uh, So I've people in the past have asked me to show video of players as I'm talking about that copyright is a big thing on that. Uh, I am able to show film on here and not get hit for a copyright thing, but I would rather not get demonetized because I showed a, a 10 second clip from an NFL game. Like to me, that's not, it's not worth it. Um, and again, would it look cool? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but, but there is, you know, some, you know, reasonings behind, behind that as someone who wants to get to the point where I can do YouTube full time, uh, and content creation full time. I don't want to put myself in a position where I can't make money off the video because of a something a clip that's used. So copyright's a big thing on it. Enunciation is definitely going to be something that I note going forward, and I will try to hide my Long Island accent a little bit better as well. Mike in Bayshore, speaking of Long Island, wants to talk about uh, Hayden Hurst. Hey, this is Mike from Bayshore. Matt, absolutely love the show. Love the picture with you and Green Bean. Had a question. If you were the Jets, just saying, would you trade, maybe, make a trade to the Falcons for Hayden Hurst? Just wanted to hear your opinion on that. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, um, I think you could absolutely consider it because looking at that position, it's not really a strong suit for this Jets team, the tight end position. Hurst seems to be, I would assume, on the way out if you just drafted Kyle Pitts. Uh, he has a relatively cheap deal also. Uh, one more year left on his deal. Uh, he had like 500 receiving yards, a little over. So I, I like Hayden Hurst. I-, I would be interested in that for sure, Mike. And yeah, I love the picture with Green Bean too. Wanted to mention that quickly. I know he just posted that he's wrapping up his time in the Northeast. It was so, I mean, it was a while ago that I met him at this point, a, few, a couple of months ago. But it was so, I can't express enough how cool it was to meet Green Bean. Genuinely, genuinely awesome guy. And it's crazy that, you know, it took us that long to meet after we've been doing content together almost on a weekly basis for like, what, a year, over a year. Um, and hopefully I'm going to be, I haven't met Ryan yet in real life, but hopefully um, at the green and white scrimmage, I'll be able to meet uh, Ryan, which by the way, uh, I'll mention that now. So I have my ticket for the green and white scrimmage. I am going, if you would like to meet up, 
Let me know. I'll be there. I'll come hang. I'm just hanging out, watching some Jets practice. Let's do it. Let's be, let's hang out at MetLife. I'm totally down. Um, but yeah, it was, again, so cool to meet you guys and the fans and everything like that. And just really, really awesome experience. So glad you brought up that picture because that was a really fun memory so far from this summer. We'll close it off with Nick calling in from Suffolk County. He wants to get his take in on Colin Coward. Hey, man, it's Nick from Suffolk County, New York, my fellow Long Islander. How you doing, man? Good. And I just watched Colin Coward's AFC East predictions or AFC predictions in his video. And he has the Jets going 5-12. and 12. I guess I can understand that perspective. It's not the greatest roster in the world, even though I think it's vastly improved. Agree. Um, but 5-12, and 12, I think, is a little ridiculous. And on... But the yeah, thing that low. really got me pissed off is he said that Zach Wilson is going to be terrible and the Jets are going to be a mess because of Zach Wilson, basically. And he compared him to Johnny freaking Manziel. <laughs> Can we get any more into space than that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you'll put up a, um, a touch depth clips disproving all of Colin Coward's points, but this guy is a clown. I don't know how he has a job. He's making millions of dollars to piss Jets fans off. I don't really have much of a point here. I'm just That's fine. You can ring on Coward. Yeah. Do it. And the, the Zach Wilson comparison to Johnny Manziel is absolutely ridiculous. Johnny Manziel was a straight-up alcoholic in college. He was Unfortunately, not yes. football whatsoever. He was not good in, in, in his training camp for the Browns if you watch it back. He was not a film junkie, and he was just downright terrible in every single practice. And Zach Wilson is the opposite of that. Zach Wilson is a film junkie. Zach Wilson's committed to football, and he has more more raw talent than Johnny Manziel, as far as I'm concerned. So I really I don't know what Colin Coward's goal is. If his goal is to piss off Jets fans, it works. But if he actually believes the words coming out of his mouth, I mean that's just that's just scary. <laughs> Yeah. That these people are on television and proving their points like they are. All right, Matt. I don't have much of a point here. I'm just kind of hinting my frustrations on this coward show that I <laughs> watch occasionally. All right, man. Have a good one. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Uh, I mean, listen. You can vent your frustrations anytime. I, I said my my take on it already. I, I don't want to rehash it because this is going to be mad again. But shameless plug. Don't. Why? Like, there's so much other content out there. You can watch my videos. You can watch Ryan, Jet Central, Jets Media, Green Bean, Jude Jets, NY Jets Today. Like, how many other great, great YouTube uh, content is there on this team? We are really, truly blessed as a fan base to have such good, knowledgeable Content creator Jets X Factor. Jets X Factor. I'm gonna I'm gonna forget people, and I'm not intentionally leaving people out. There, there's really I I mean it. There are a lot of really good content creators for all teams. Uh, you know, not just football. You know, wherever you could choose to get your information from so many different places, which is awesome in today's world in digital media. Why tune into that guy? But when he says something stupid, I'm gonna react to it. Why? Because one, it's good content in the summer. And number two, you guys care about it. You guys click on it. 
So of course I'm going to give my reaction. I think people want that little rant and that, that reaction to the naysayer. So I'm going to do it. And that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Just Jets. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get this podcast. Really appreciate love and support. Plugging away to 10K. So make sure to subscribe to the Matt O'Leary NY YouTube channel, the Just Jets Clips channel on YouTube. When you have done that, comment done. I am giving away two packages from Manscaped and a Zach Wilson jersey, color and size of your choice. So get in on that giveaway. That's going to be coming soon. But for now, I am Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.